This episode of the Curious About Cannabis podcast is brought to you by you, our dedicated listeners and supporters. Thanks to your continued listening, sharing, and donations, we've been able to continue the show free from third-party advertisers and sponsors. So, thank you. And if you'd like to learn about other ways you can support the show, visit patreon.com slash curiousaboutcannabis. In this episode, we'll be talking about the medical use of cannabis. And I just want to remind you that all of the information you hear on the podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only, and should never be considered medical advice. If you're considering using cannabis or cannabinoids for medical purposes, consult with an experienced and qualified healthcare professional. As exciting as some of the information is that we talk about on the show, I'm definitely not a doctor. And you should never base any health decision off of anything you hear on this show or any podcast. And finally, cannabis laws vary all over the world. Curious about cannabis and natural learning enterprises cannot encourage or condone illegal activity, no matter how ridiculous or outdated the laws may be. So stay safe. And now that all of that's out of the way, let's get to the show. Gotta let you know, black girl OG. What a be tie, I don't feel right. Cush so California nice. Lit like Las Vegas nights. She's so magic, that's all I smoke. Cause anything less would be so tragic. I like the way you flow, it's so incredible. Coming from me, the first lady of the West Coast. Hey you guys, it's me, first lady of the West Coast. Singer, MC, songwriter, first black woman in the cannabis industry. I have her own exclusive strand line. You're listening to the Curious About Cannabis podcast. Hey everybody, this is Jason Wilson with the Curious About Cannabis podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in once again. Uh, so today I am really excited to finally be connecting with somebody. We've been talking for a little while and planning on doing an episode, and we've finally been able to cross paths. I'm with the First Lady of the West Coast. Thanks so much for being willing to come on the podcast today. Yes, thank you so much for having me be a part of your podcast. I'm very excited. Yeah, me too. Uh, there's so many different ways to talk about your work. Um, one thing that I'm really impressed uh, is you're really a powerhouse entrepreneur. Uh, when I see all of the different things that you're doing, you're a musician, but you're also working in the cannabis industry. You've got your own line of strains and, and different companies. And so first of all, I'll say my hat's off to you. I'm very impressed with just the amount of energy that you're throwing out there to, uh, you know, really actualize, uh, you know, your dreams. So first of all, that's super impressive. Um, but thank to, you. Thank you. Yeah, totally. To kick things off for anyone that maybe isn't familiar with you, do you mind sharing a little bit about um, your your background? And we'll dive really deep into it, but just a little high-level view of kind of who you are and, and what you're working on now and, and how you kind of got into this work. Okay, yes. Um, well, like I said, you guys, I'm first lady of the West Coast. I am from California, the Bay Area. Um, I actually got into the cannabis industry because I am bipolar depression. And I felt that there was um, 
a natural way for me to go instead of continuing to taking the pharmaceutical drugs that the doctors wanted to prescribe and say that was going to work and just change me. And it really didn't change me besides destroying my kidneys yeah. um, and liver. Um, today I'm okay, but if I would have continued going with that rate of the medicine that they wanted to give me, I wouldn't be here to be able to be um, a voice um, for people that do have mental health that are looking for natural um, products within cannabis or just plant-based. Um, I want to be that voice and let people know it's okay to take that route. Um, I've been a singer since I was a little girl. I've been, been doing that since, what, eight? Um, <laughs> the first time I recorded was 13 years old. Um, with my cousin and I've just continued to keep doing it not giving up ran into some amazing people got to open up for Warren G the loonies uh, rich the kid to change Um, but it's nice to see the progress of when I started from two three people in the crowd to 10 to 15 to 20 to 1000 to 20,000 and really what I can say is I'm like he said I'm um, what do I call myself? A jack of all trades. Um, mm-hmm. I don't believe in giving up. I definitely believe in um, going for your dreams and goals. And that's exactly what you guys see me doing. And I want you guys to continue to keep doing if you are. Yeah. And that's something I really appreciate about your your whole vibe. If, if anyone you know goes and follows you on Instagram or anything and, and sees your, your stories, your posts that you make, you're always very... Um, you know, really trying to encourage other people to step up and and start to pursue what they really want to do, which is something that I, that's, that's a feeling I also have. And one reason why I'm doing this podcast. So it's, um, Mm. that, that energy I think is, is so, so valuable. Thank you. Thank you. It's important. Um, you know, there's people out there that don't have that, that don't have family members or friends or anybody close to them pushing them or better yet, it's downing them. Oh, you know, that's not going to work. Oh, why are you wasting your time on that? That's never going to get you far in life. And we got to quit doing that to people because you never know that might be the next person in your family to break that generation or curse of wealth to be able to provide and be able to change that. Um, So we have to really quit doing that um, and allowing people to really embrace their true talents and creativity. Absolutely. And and you're kind of tapping into, uh, um, another element here of like, what's the narrative that you tell yourself about yourself and mm-hmm. how, and how does that influence your behavior, which is something I think about, um, a lot. Cause I, I agree. Not everybody has support and it, you know, when you have a negative narrative about yourself that you're telling yourself that I, I can't do this, I can't do that. You know, this dream mm-hmm. isn't worth nourishing. All that seems to do is ensure that you you don't achieve your dreams. Um, exactly. Well, and one thing I, I wanted to to get into to kind of go maybe all the way to the beginning of your story. You mentioned uh, that you've been diagnosed with bipolar, and something that mm-hmm. resonated with me is I'm also bipolar, which is something that a lot of people listening uh, don't know, but now they know. Um, so, <laughs> so that's one reason why I wanted to talk to you because um, it's it's a I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting experience of the, everyone has an interesting experience of the world, but particularly uh, dealing with mental health issues, uh, being bipolar, it can um, you can have a very uh, interesting journey along the way before mm-hmm. you kind of understand yourself <laughs> and what's, exactly. what's going on. So can you speak a little bit to that of, um, you know, uh, when did you get a sense that something might be going on and, and how did you learn um, you know, that you were bipolar and, and what did that look like in your life? 
I learned that I was bipolar um, around 13, mm -hmm. 12-ish. Um, I'm born premature. I was a crack baby. Mm -hmm. um, I would just put it like this. Thank God that my family um, ended up finding me and saving my life. Yeah. Um, so with that being a crack baby, I have a chemical imbalance. Mm -hmm. So that's how I end up um, finding out mainly um, I'm bipolar depression. But what made it more... Um, attention. Um, I used to self-harm myself. Mm -hmm. um, and then more started when I was getting molested. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to know why I wanted to just continue to harm myself. I wanted to uh, just do everything in the world. I've, I've tried to do an over overdose. I've tried to hang myself. I've, I've went through every roller coaster twist <laughs> um, there is in uh, being bipolar depression. And um, it was hard. Yeah. Especially in the beginning, not knowing what was going on, what was happening, what's wrong with me, why do I like pain, why do I like carving on myself, what's going on, can I be normal? These are a lot of things that I was thinking back when I was in high school and junior high. And um, it got to the point the first time I was hospitalized um, is when they finally really just diagnosed me. Yeah. Um, and I've been diagnosed a couple of times. Um, just due to, and mainly at that time was my stepfather, you know, he'd be like, you're crazy. If mm. you tell anybody that I'm touching you, I'm just going to tell your mom and oh, the family God. that you're just crazy and yeah. you've already been hospitalized. And it just, it, it took so much out of me because I didn't understand. I was like a tomboy girl, you know, I'm like, I got the baggy jeans on, you know, the baggy shirt on, what are you doing? Yeah. And, you know, the people that are listening, you know, listen to your kids, you know, yep. and, and be aware of who you have around your kids. Because my stepfather used to pick me up from school and speak about some of my friends inappropriately. Be like, mm, I know why they want to date her. Mm, if I was your age and all the things I would do would just be unnecessary yeah. um, comments that he would make. And I would go back to my mom and I would tell my mom and my mom would address him like, what is going on? This is inappropriate. Oh, Valinda, you know, she's lying. You know, it was just, it was a constant thing. Um, and I, I abused myself. I abused myself. I was hurting. I was hurting, especially feeling like I couldn't tell my mom um, what he was doing. I finally told my mom, junior my junior year in high school um and that was that was a lot um because he swore up and down that I was lying and he ended up having to move out they ended up getting a divorce but um that's really really triggered for me in my bipolarness um I ended up it was angry I wanted to hurt everybody because I was hurting um yeah, I was. I wasn't. I wasn't nice. <laughs> um, and 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 I'm ashamed, but also I'm not ashamed of my story and my journey because I needed to go through that for me to be where I am today. Right. Um, but that's how I would say to you how it um how it all aroused and how it all happened. And it's been a journey. Yeah, and you're you're touching on things that uh you know, I have a daughter right now that's a year and a half old and you're you're touching on things that really keep me up at night, <laughs> honestly. Like <laughs> things that that I think about that um terrify me is just having a daughter entering the world that the it's interesting becoming a, a father of a girl, my um appreciation for what it's like to be a woman in the world has totally changed. Um, mm. and the way that I, I think about 
you know, the experience of, of being a woman is, is very different now than, than before I had my daughter. And, um, and it's scary. And then also I wonder too, I'm like, is she going to be bipolar? You know, because it, it is, it can be genetic. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder about, about all of that as well. Um, how did, and, and let me know if, if I'm pushing too deep because I'm, I'm happy to pull back, but, um, when you were going through these things, what, what kind of, um, I guess what went through your mind? Because as a child that had to be so confusing and frustrating among a lot of other things, um, of like trying to get help and it, it not being received. This is a story that when more, as more and more people are coming out about these kinds of experiences and sharing them, this is a commonality that, mm-hmm. that, that girls try to get help. They try to report these things and it's not taken seriously. Um, how, how did that affect your, your thinking at that time as you tried to wrestle with all of this? Um, it affected me badly. Yeah. I would cut on my arms, my legs, um, and wait for my mom sometimes to come home and scared to tell her or what I would come out, he would come out yeah. and it would just be that glare and my mom's like, what's wrong? And he's like, oh, nothing. No, I just, I don't feel good. I'm just, I'm going to lay down. Um, and when I finally got to tell my mom, he wasn't around. It yeah. wasn't no pressure. It wasn't, never mind. Let me just, let me just go back in the room. Um, my mom's retired from Oakland PD. So right when she found out, I know um, she reported it. And um, she asked the necessary questions that needed to be asked. And we reported it. Yeah. It was a point, um, my dad is retired from the army that I wanted to take him to court, but being bipolar, um, and what he was saying as far as, Oh, you're a liar. You're uh-huh. just crazy. Anyway. Oh, you cut on yourself. You do all these things. They brought this stuff up to me, um, as like a, like a, like a pretrial of what could happen in court. Yeah. And I lost it. And they're like, and when you do that, he's going to win because they're just going to say, Oh, she's crazy. They have the paperwork and I'm just sitting there crying. Like this, just, this just can't be this. It just can't happen. Um, but that's this being that age. Yeah, it can. Um, it ended up being that with, you know, my mom and my dad. Um, but I definitely wanted to take it there, but for my age, I knew I wouldn't have won because I was emotional. I was upset. You're lying. Shut up. And I already know me. I already know. I'm going to, I'm going to do everything that they're going to be looking at what he's saying that I am, even though it's, it's emotion, it's hurt. He's lying to cover up his wrongdoing. And like I always tell anybody, I'm not the first girl that he touched. Yeah. Not at all. Because it doesn't, for how he did it and how comfortable he was with massage my back, put some lotion on me. Mm, And it went to, it it, it went there, you know, um, and it sucks, but I'm here to tell my story. I'm, it's happened. I've written a song about it. Um, and I talk about it because there's little girls out there and there's, there's, there's boys, even, even teenagers that are going through this and they need to know they're not alone, um, to report it, speak with somebody, talk about it and do not be afraid to talk about it because the quicker that you can get them and get attention to that situation, sometimes they may stop. They may have to go register as, you know, as a molester and sometimes it doesn't. But the fact that you can be a voice for yourself and don't have to be that victim, because today I don't call myself the victim of it, not at all, because I'm, I'm not the one with the problem. Yep. Yeah, no, that's, that's such a, a, a good and honestly kind of an amazing perspective um, to have after coming through all of that. And, and when you were 
so when you got diagnosed with bipolar, what did the initial forms of therapy look like that you started to go through? Uh, they wanted me to go to a doctor that prescribed me, um, you know, my medicine. Mm-hmm. And it was really just following a chart um, when they released me from the mental hospital. That's how I was, was able to be released, that I had to take a outpatient class for counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like another class, meaning like I had to sit there and talk to other people that had experienced what I experienced. That's what I end up doing. It's it was cool until when you start expressing yourself and then you find yourself winded up sitting back in that office. And yeah. that's when I learned that you really can't be honest in there. Um, you know, they say, Oh, she's lying. No, 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 I'm not because they end up twisting your words around a little bit. Um, and I had a hard time with not feeling that understood. Yep. Yeah. And I've, I've heard similar things from, from other folks that I, talk to and know, you know, that have dealt with similar issues. Um, and do you remember what, what medications they initially had you start taking? Yeah. Prozac. Yeah. Abilify. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and there's another <laughs> one I can't pronounce, but those were the, definitely the ones that they had me on. Abilify is the one that was messing up my kidneys. Yeah. I had a friend that, um, was taking Abilify and he developed a, um, tick like a facial tick um that i think he still struggles with like these kind of um kind of like mild little face seizures almost um and he stopped taking it but it's something that it changed his chemistry you know whatever happened um he's still been struggling with that um and and the those two drugs are definitely the most common like (laughs) when someone gets diagnosed with bipolar those are basically the go-to you know first uh, at least, you know, that was the case in the late 90s and uh, early mid 2000s or so. It seems like right. it's maybe evolving now. But how did you how did you progress from? Well, I guess before I get to that, so you're you're taking you're taking these drugs. When did you start to get a sense that they were negatively affecting you? Mm, right when I took them, mm. how it slowed me down, how yes. I was sleepy. Yes. I thought it was amazing how I'd sleep all night, get a good rest, and then take them. And I just was tired. Didn't really want to do anything. I just kind of want to, uh, I always call it the the zombie phase, Mm -hmm. uh, zombie phase, um, because that's how I felt. I wasn't really active. I wasn't really creativity in my activities. I love music. I wasn't playing instruments no more. I didn't want to play basketball no more. It literally took me from me. Yeah. Um, and that's their, that's their goal. That's, that's their goal of saying this is how it helps our, de- our bipolar depression. And that's not the case. You're just, you're keeping me stuck and that's not fixing anything. And that's the problem with the message that they're giving to people like, take these, take these, take these, take these. But majority of the time you hear, people, I'm going to go lay down. I'm not, I'm not feeling too good. Why? Because you're putting a toxin into your body. That's not good for your body. Yeah, exactly. I, my my own experience is very similar. So for anyone out there that doesn't know, um, I'm also a musician and do a lot of art stuff. Art is a huge, huge part of my uh, identity and, and personality. I love to create. And uh, when I was on a, a, the, the, main, the main drug I got put on eventually was a mood stabilizer, um, but it was very similar. Um, I It was just like I felt like a 
it's kind of a shell just like yeah i'm here but um, yeah the passion was gone the uh, everything that that all of the spice of life <laughs> was was just gone um and so it's a very like diluted existence and you're right that the way the doctors see it they're measuring things in a, a certain way and they're like well you're not cycling anymore you're not necessarily according to our criteria depressed anymore uh you're not having manic spells anymore so it must be working um and it mm-hmm. it misses this whole other picture of quality of life and right um yeah so i'm right there with you there um and what did your journey look like from there when you started to notice um i don't i don't like the way this is making me feel it's robbing me of of these critical parts of myself um I assume that's kind of that kind of catapulted you on this journey towards trying to find alternatives. Uh, what did that look like? Um, I remember saying, I know there's something out there natural that can work. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know at that point it would be cannabis. I didn't know that until my homie Diego and Kevin was like, hey, let's smoke some pot. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> my mom's not home. We can smoke it in the backyard, you guys. And I remember they rolled it up in the house and it was funky. And I remember we went out in the backyard and we smoked it. And then we came back inside and I remember I was like, oh man, the whole house is funky. <laughs> man, it smells like, and mind you, this is my first time. So like the topper of my lips <laughs> had that little smoke feeling. Yep. But I remember like my grandfather was coming, my uncle was coming. So I was like way like freaking out. But they ended up coming. I ended up getting in my uncle's car and just sitting there as he was driving. I felt wonderful. I felt like my life was back. Like. I felt like all my stress, all my depression was gone, but I could still be me. I can function. Like, it was like, hallelujah. (laughs) The clouds Uh, parted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it it was, it was amazing. It was, and I remember my uncle saying, hey, you good back there? And I remember saying, yeah. (laughs) It was uh, truly incredible. I just, I felt me again. And I thought that was very important and why I ended up uh, the route of self-medicating myself at that time. Because at that time, I couldn't go get a medical license or anything like that for me to be able to consume at that time. So definitely was hitting up the homeboy Miguel (laughs) 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 to bring me some apes over. And it it really changed my life. I really kind of just stopped taking the Abilify because it just didn't make sense. Mm Um, to continue to keep taking something that was just literally just, so, um, cannabis was really what really got me started. And here I am today, still consuming it and advocating for it. Um, because it does, it definitely changes lives. It definitely makes it different. Um, and like I said, everybody's DNA is going to be different. So I suggest everybody to make sure they get their DNA tested just to see how, um, cannabis works with their DNA. Yeah, yeah, that's a, a really excellent nuance to highlight here is that everybody reacts differently. And as you and I sit here and, and talk about our own health, you know, situations and, and how cannabis has affected that, it is important to point out that um, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're telling anybody that's bipolar to, to go use cannabis because it affects everybody differently. But I can Exactly. I can definitely relate to the experience you're describing that um, alleviation of all of these things while maintaining yourself. And my own story is very similar to yours, um, you know, as far as feeling that kind of zombie phase and then recognizing 
at the time that that I was using cannabis, I was using it for back pain because I had um, injured my spinal cord, and I noticed it helped with that. And it was sort of like along that path that I started to realize, oh wow, my uh, my cycles are not cycling as much, and I don't feel as depressed. And you know, all these it's like a slow series of realizations for me, where I was like, oh, it's the cannabinoids. It's you know whatever's going on with this it's it's seems to be balancing something in me that's been out of whack um right and now that i'm married and i have like somebody who's always there watching me and giving me feedback on my own behavior it's become even more clear anytime i'm like i think i might want to take an abstinence break just to see you know how cannabis is affecting me she gets a little tense she's like uh maybe Maybe don't totally <laughs> stop. <laughs> like, no, you, you need yeah, that. I've already experienced you being super depressed or super manic, so maybe we just... Uh... <laughs> and so when you had that experience, how long had it been since you felt that way? Um, when you had that feeling of like, oh, I'm myself, I feel relief. You know, how much... How much time had been spent because i'm sure it had been a while since you had really reconnected with that with that feeling um it's probably about good two three years wow um so yeah to feel that it was it was life-changing i'm sitting here thinking and looking at myself smiling back there (laughs) in that little back of the seat (laughs) thinking like and i remember i said that i would never i would never take their drugs again yeah and and did you at the time did you kind of keep that as like your little secret that you just kind of did what you felt like you needed to do or is that something that you actually presented to um a doctor and said you know no this is what i'm doing um i kept it a secret for a while until one time i went into you know how you have to go in they want to talk to you about uh how you've been feeling. They want to take your blood right. work and your pee and all that so they can chart it down. Um, and I remember just telling the doctor, you know, I've been, you know, consuming cannabis. And I remember his first words was, oh, no, don't do that. Oh, no, you can't be doing that. You better get off of that. Oh, it's going to mess up the medicine. It was just, it was just crap that they want to tell you because now they're fearful that you might, you're finding something that is actually plant-based that is actually working for you instead of chemical and all these different side effects that come with it. It's just kind of like, oh, you're trying to tell me to stop taking something that's actually working, but keeping on something that you see is continuing to destroy my body, but making excuses for it. No. All right. It's like, this This doesn't quite jive. Like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, it's not out of that. <laughs> yeah. It's just not. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's something that having talked to a lot of doctors now about these issues, what I've learned is that a lot of times that knee-jerk reaction comes from a place of ignorance and fear that Mm -hmm. they don't know much about it. And what they think they know about it is probably stuff that they've heard, you know, speculation Mm. that's not actually tied to any research or, you know, anything real. And, and yeah, then they're just like, well, yeah, no, of course not. Like you can't just use a plant and it's going to replace all these drugs. That doesn't make any sense. Um, right. But, you know, now we're, we're learning um, that, you know, in fact, uh, yeah, it can <laughs> affect quite a lot of things. Um, 
and it's and it's controversial too, right? I mean, the idea of right. using cannabis for mental health issues is something that um, I think that there's a heavier stigma on that than there is the mm -hmm. medical use of cannabis for anything else. Um, right. <clears throat> They're trying to say it doesn't work, and it's that's crap. Now you have some doctors that have done their research and they see it actually does work. There's actually beneficials to it. But the ones that want to stay in the clouds and not do their homework and just say, no, this is the truth. Ignore science, ignore the research, ignore it all. This is the truth. And it's just kind of like, yeah, but that's not the truth. Yeah, it's not my experience. Testimony. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's just highlights something very important that um, I think it's very easy for not just doctors, but also scientists that are doing research and stuff to... Um, discount the experience that people report, um, which I think is a, a very, very big problem. Um, because just because you don't understand why something works, doesn't mean that it's not working. And when someone expresses something to you, um, their experience is real. Now, <laughs> whether you, you know, understand why they're having that experience or the nuances of that experience, the experience is, is real. And when a doctor invalidates your experience, when anybody invalidates your experience, um, you know, that's just a recipe to, you know, essentially immediately cut off communication because it's like, why should I talk to you yeah. if you're not going to uh -huh. believe me when I talk about what I'm experiencing? That's true, because only you can express what you're feeling. Right, exactly, yeah. Um, and so, you know, let's fast forward a, a little bit of time here. When did you start um, getting into the idea of like, well, maybe I want to uh, grow some plants myself and, and sort of going down that path that um, eventually led to where you are now, which, you know, we've kind of glossed over what all you're doing now, we're leading to it, but just to you know, kind of plant a, a flag in the ground here. I mean, you have multiple strains now. You have your own strain line, and in that line you have, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you have at least, what, like four four or five strains now? I know there's a couple, like, second yeah. second iterations of some of your originals you're working on. So what did that look like? How did you start getting down, uh, going down that path? Well, I ended up moving to Atlanta thinking I would find something better than California. <laughs> it's funny to me in my mind. <laughs> um, I ended up moving back um, <clears throat> around around winter fall time. It was December 2009 going on 2010. Mm. Um, I met my best friend, as I call him today, Joseph Rezin. Um, he's from Oakland, California. He worked at actually Harborside in Oakland, California. Oh, cool. And I ended up meeting him and we ended up talking and I ended up expressing to him because um, he ended up inviting me over and I got to see his plants. I got to nice. see all his little babies. And I was like, wow, this is, this is awesome. Like, I really want to learn how to grow my own medicine. And I remember he said that I had to read the growing Bible book, yep. the marijuana, culture, uh, culture, the indoor outdoor medical growers Bible. And I ended up reading it and he ended up giving me my first clones ever. And now we're like entering the new year. Um, Cause I always say it's between 2009 and 10 and I got to grow my, like, I remember he came over with like 20 different clones from Harborside. <laughs> and he's like, these are yours. Show me what you can do. He read this book. And man, I was, it was so exciting uh, to learn. Like, <sighs> I remember like I used to go in there every morning and like, it's like being a, a brand new mom in a way. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I kid yet, but you get so excited. You want to see them. You want to see their growth. You want to see how they're doing. And then, oh gosh, a leaf is turning. Oh gosh, it's turning yellow. <laughs> 
now I'm now that I've been doing it for so long, it's like, oh, okay, this is what's going on. I need to do this. But it was fun. It was fun learning, especially learning how to grow your own medicine and knowing what's going into your medicine. Um, and the love, and it's so important. People have to understand. You know, you could you could smoke cannabis all you want, but was it around good energy? Mm-hmm. Did it have good energy around it? <clears throat> and was it grown with organic and natural yep. nutrients? A lot of people are not doing that because everybody's trying to have the best of the best of cannabis. And I tell people, I don't have strand lines to be cool and I don't have strand lines to get you high. I have strand lines to be able to help you medically wise. I'm not in here trying to be cool. I'm trying to save a life and make a difference so you can live longer and educate your family and friends around you. The amazing medical benefits of cannabis, period, because that's really what it's about. Yeah. Saving one life, teaching one, and allowing them to go back and teach others. Um, so yeah, I was, I was excited. So I always, I always let my, uh, Joseph know, like, man, thank you so much, uh, for teaching me. Um, because shoot, now when you go to the cannabis club, it's, it's hard for me to buy weed as it is. Cause like, mm, I can grow my own. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was, it was 2009 slash 10. That was around the December going on into the new year of 2010. And I haven't looked back. I love growing. Um, I'm glad that I've learned it. Like I tell anybody, if they want to learn, I'm, I'm going to tell you, like, like Joseph said, you got to get the book. And then from there, we could talk about it. And hey, I'm, I may do as what he did for me. I'll give you some clones and uh, be able to let you know, let you know um, that you can do it and have somebody that's there that can provide the clones to you. So, and you know, when people are serious. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and how did you, so you got to growing, you kind of got your feet wet and got the experience and, and everything like that. How did it transition from kind of casual growing to, oh, I'm going to do something unique with this. I'm going to create, you know, start to tease out my own, my own lines and, and really dial this in, start a company, you know, all of these things. Um, how did, how did all of that start to kind of come about? Uh, that came about, I was 17 years old when I spoke of my strand, uh, strand lines. Wow. It was around uh, Christmas time. And I remember my sister were outside smoking cannabis. <laughs> and I remember just looking up at the sky and I was like, man, it'd be dope. It'd be dope if I had my own strand line. I was like, sis, you hear me? She's back there puffing on the little blunt. <laughs> I was like, you hear me? She's like, yeah. Mm. I was like, man, whatever. And I remember I looked up at the sky and I said, Lord, if you hear me, if one day that I, if I could have my own, my own strand lines. And I remember saying it just like that, like mine, like I named them. I was like, man, I promise y'all do some amazing things. And I ended up meeting my breeder, Duke of Herb. Hmm. Um, I ended up meeting him in 2015. He actually found me on Instagram because I'm an artist. So, you know, yeah. I like to smoke cannabis. So if you see me at my shows, I'm smoking cannabis. Are we smoking cannabis together? Or I'm giving you some cannabis. <laughs> right. And he had seen that. So he was like, oh, man, I'm going to be at one of these cannabis events. I'm, I would love to meet you. We both didn't end up going to it. And we end up meeting up once again, magical Harborside, Oakland, California. Um, we end up meeting up there. It was the first time I ever met Duke. Um, I was really excited. You know, he was like, I got some samples for you. I'm thinking, oh, he's bringing little grams and stuff like this. I'm still excited. Like, I get to try new stuff. Man, when I met Duke, Duke, Duke had jars, <laughs> jars of all this new stuff. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I mean, we just end up talking and right out of his mouth was, well, I'm just curious how Wiz Khalifa has a strong line and you don't. And I said, you know what's so funny about it? I was just thinking this last night and I was like, but I was 17 years old and I prayed about this. I said, so I guess this is where I guess it manifests itself now. And he said, I would be honored 
to make you your own exclusive strand lines. And from there, um, we just, we ran together. 2016, actually on my birthday, was when I picked up my first exclusive strand line, First Lady of the West Coast Coast. Wow. And I think it's awesome because my birthday is November 2nd. So I thought, okay, okay. And then he saw how I did the promotion, just pushing him and just allowing people to know that Duke of Herb created First Lady of the West Coast, a strand line, just giving, giving him a name out there, helping him get his name noticed. Um, and like where he is, he's like, what did he say? I never thought you would take it this far. <laughs> but because I did what I did, he continued to surprise me. So every time I would go back to go pick up First Lady, you know, just to try different phenotypes of her, he would, that's when I found he, he had Black Girl Magic for me. Mm. I was like, oh my God, what? Then it was December night, so gee. <clears throat> and then after that, he was like, yeah, I have over over 200 new exclusive strand lines for you that I got your first line pregnant with, with over my best males. So like I have heckin' baby daddies. <laughs> <laughs> so I have over 200 new exclusive strand lines that he has created for me. And this is just based off of me just believing in him and pushing his name and just making people know, hey, we're a force to be reckoned with because as much as he believes in me, I believe in him. And I make it very clear, even though I've spoken and manifested it, if I didn't have them, I wouldn't be here today um, with my own exclusive strand lines. And I honestly didn't think about being the first black woman. I found that out at Dope Magazine's headquarters. When I went up to Seattle, Washington, um, they brought that to my attention. And I thought, hmm. And I, you know, I'm be real. I was like, well, ain't Chelsea? And they're like, Chelsea ain't got her own exclusive strand line. She got, she grow cannabis. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. They're like, I've never heard of a woman having her own exclusive strand line. And I remember, like, I told him my story, I was like, I just started crying, because it was just like, it was just, everything replaying itself. Yeah, everything's coming together at that point, um, in big ways. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really nice, and I had to tell them that, I was like, just to sit here and you guys to bring that to my attention, they're like, yeah, you're, you're, you're the first woman to have your own exclusive strand line, and it's just like, wow, you know, it's like, I always let people know I didn't get into the industry for that, because that was noticed, and that has happened, it was... Now what people know me for in the cannabis industry, and it's a good thing, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not racist. I have white aunties, I got Mexican aunties. It's nothing, that, but it's good to show my community, especially war against drugs, against us as being arrested for cannabis yep. to show that we have a place in this industry yep. and we're going to have a place in this industry. And I want to be that face for that little girl or that little boy or that teenager or that young adult to let them know that we're here and it's okay to create entrepreneurship. And, and especially in our community, it's so important to be able to teach that. And I'm, I'm honored to be able to open that door to let them to every black female or any female we're here yep. and we can have our own exclusive strand lines and be a face for it. And like I always tell people, like my breeder, he creates lines to be able to help us medically wise, not just, let me just get you high. And I always tell people it's not getting high. It's like you said, it's your cannabinoids going off. It's the terpene within the uh, mm -hmm. profile that's hitting your body that what you may need. And that's really what I'm after. I really want to be able just to be like, yeah, let me go get some First Lady of the West Coast. Let me go get some Black Girl. I'm in pain. Mm -hmm. First Lady is creativity. So if you're an artist or you like to work with your hands or you just love to paint, it's definitely creativity. It is a sativa. It, Black Girl Magic is an indica, so she's going to help with pain. I've had people hit me up with, like, she's working for that. She 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 helped your pain. What? Um, so it's amazing. I get excited at the screenshot and we're like, Duke, look, it's, it's really helping people. It's really helping them. And that's really what it's about for me. Like, people are like, oh, look at my weed. It's cool. That's cool. 
But how is it helping people medically wise? Yeah. I don't want to hear about how you can get people high. How is it helping them medically wise? Because people need help. Yep. Yeah, and that intention, what you what you talked about before, of like what's the energy going into the plants and mm-hmm. and how clean is it and all of that. Um, you know, that's another thing that when I looked into the work that you're doing, that something I really appreciated that you were like a lot of your uh, sort of public facing kind of marketing stuff, you're really not, you know, it's not braggadocious. You're not going out there saying like, you know, look at, you know, my awesome stuff. It is very much like, Hey, you need to understand, you know, that cannabis can be medicine. It needs to be clean. It needs to be all of these things. And by the way, mm-hmm. you know, I've put my energy into, you know, these things. Um, you know, it's especially, you know, being in California, uh, just how crazy the industry is <laughs> and how, how yeah. all the players and everything, everybody's fighting for their little piece of the pie. And it's always mm-hmm. reassuring to see that attitude of like, well, you know, let's do some education. Um, and, you know, by the end of it, maybe you'll appreciate, you know, what I've done. Um, you know, that's, it's all very, very refreshing. And something I wanted to ask you about, because you brought, you brought it up, and it's definitely been on my mind, given that we're both musicians and artists. Um, how, how would you describe how cannabis affects your creativity? Oh, it, it affects it in an amazing way. Um, there can there can be nights where I'm writing four to four to three different songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it really puts me in the zone, um, especially if you got that right beat and it's woo. <laughs> it's just that right mood. Oh man, it's over. Like I don't want to leave. I don't want to get out the studio. I don't want to <laughs> stop. And it's like ooh, it's four o'clock in the morning. You know you need to go to sleep. Um, it it's it's everything for me. Yeah. You know, like, like we see Bob Marley, you know? right? Um, it just goes hands in hand. And it definitely, like for us, it's, it works with our creativity. So I would tell anybody, you know, especially if you already consume it, um, you probably already know, like before you pick up the guitar or you play that piano or you write that song or you might be writing it and, you know, saying so, oh, it, it's, it's, it's magical. It's, it's like my, my mind is clear. Uh, <laughs> And it's, it's weird, like with music, particularly there's, um, I was thinking about this earlier. Um, there's an interesting effect that cannabis can have with music where, um, you sometimes tap into music very deeply. Like you feel it physically in a unique way. You're not just hearing it, but it's like resonating something within you, um, and it's it's a it's an interesting thing. I, I find that if I'm uh, working on on music at all, when I've used cannabis, usually um, it's almost like there's a more full. Uh, I don't know. I really get like sucked into a deeper feeling about the music. Like it, I, it's very hard to put into words. But it, it you know, it's like you can touch the music. It's like it really. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just it. You can feel everything, every wave, every frequency. Yeah, the beats it's, like it's get into your heart. Like it's something mm-hmm. uh, that's <laughs> very interesting that a lot, you know, sometimes you can get that without cannabis, obviously. But um, there's something right. about cannabis that like really brings that to the forefront where a lot of the, and like I said, going back to sort of the disclaimer that cannabis doesn't affect everybody differently. So other people have different experiences, but for myself, um, it's like it shoves a lot of extraneous noise out 
and it allows you to sort of like tunnel vision focus on this experience and and getting really lost in it um you know almost like discovering a playground almost <laughs> no it's very true it's very true i'm glad that you're speaking on that because there's probably a lot of people out there that are wondering the same thing like man when i consume cannabis why do i why do I get this feeling and why do I go into like, not even like a deep focus, but it's just like a focus of, of joy of love that we're doing within it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I would love to work with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. I, uh, something that I, I tell my wife all the time, it's been really annoying for me that I moved to Oregon, uh, eight years ago now. Wow. Time disappears. Um, but mm-hmm. ever since I moved out here, I haven't, um, done a whole lot with my music other than just, kind of toying around at home, but it's something I'm trying to, I'm trying to revive that part of myself for the past year or so, especially, I don't know, like having a daughter just affects so many things. But now that she's here, I'm like, I don't want her to miss out on this part of myself too, that I've been sort of putting aside for work and everything. It's like, I really need to bring that back out and demonstrate that and, you know, express that one thing that's really important for me to communicate to children in general is that people are not one thing and that I I can be a musician and a scientist and a writer, you know, all these different things. You don't have to, you know, pigeon someone into a a particular box and, and keep them there. And I think that's something that in our culture uh, specifically is something we really struggle with that once someone Mm -hmm. makes a name for themselves for one thing, that that seems to be the only thing they can do. Um, and yeah, that's, that's not true. Yeah, it's just such a... Yeah. To keep eliminating people. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so tell me a little bit, you know, we've been talking about the cannabis side. Now I kind of want to spiral around to focus on your music stuff. So how did your music career evolve Um you know, you talked about how you started singing at like eight years old or so, and probably even earlier than mm-hmm. that, but like, you know, really going after it. And then in your teenage years, you start, you know, kind of playing around with recording and, and getting that all figured out. But can you uh, talk me through a little bit of what did your evolution as a musician look like and, and how did you kind of get to where you are now? It seems like right now, and tell me if I'm wrong, but based on um, what I've seen from your work and, and over the past year, kind of how things have changed. It seems like you're really starting to enter the, um, I don't know, sort of the, the takeoff, uh, like the, the rocket is starting to, to launch. Um, and you're kind of like hitting a really nice momentum, which I can appreciate as a musician is really hard to achieve. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think people really underappreciate how much work it takes to make it as a musician and to really right. keep after it. Um, <laughs> even when especially in the early days when it seems like you know like you were saying you're playing to just a couple of people that you're so stoked actually came out Uh, and I've been through that I've you know I've I've played for you know a few people and dozens and then you you get a hundred people there and you're like whoa okay um and and it yeah and it seems like now especially seeing some of the people you're collaborating with and everything it seems like you're really hitting a nice stride so yeah talk me through uh what that evolution looked like for you Oh, man, I started, I recorded my first song when I was 13. It was creeping through your hood like a soldier. Nice. (laughs) Um, It was a rap song I did. I ended up performing at my junior high um, talent show. Nice. So I got to perform in front of the whole school. So I used to be like, at 13, I got to perform in front of 500 people, even though it was students and teacher and staff. 
but it was still something. It's real, yeah. Um, and I remember I did so good. Everybody was so amazed by it. Um, I remember my mom ended up getting off of work. She ended up um, retiring from Oakland PD, and at that time she was working for Juvenile Hall. So I remember she was able to get it off and come. And I remember after I performed, heck, people were going up to her like, your daughter has talent. Like, like she did a great job today. I, I smiled because I can remember it today like it was yesterday. And it was one of the most amazing feelings. It was like being a little female Bow Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Everybody was running after me after I performed. <laughs> Um, and it was, it was, it was, it was awesome, but that was the first time I ever recorded my first song and then got to be able to record it from there. Um, I just continued to write music. I did go through that having producers telling me that I needed to make more club songs, get out of the Mm -hmm. life and the sad and the emotional songs, even though today, like that's what we're hearing. And it, it, people want to hear that. People want to hear stuff that they're mm-hmm. going through. They just don't want to hear about, I went to the club and I popped some bottles. They want to hear about, man, my heart was broken. Hey, I, I'm having a great day today. They want to hear some real stuff. So I struggled with that a lot with um, going through it. It was always just, we had to have club hits, which is always club hits. And I was just like, man, I want to, I want to write a song. I want to be real. Um, yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Um, so I had, I had to go through that. I went through the whole promise thing of all these different, uh, major companies. I've been around major artists that made major promises. Um, been around some artists that don't know how to keep their hands to themselves, but I always say karma works in its way and Mm -hmm. eventually stuff catches up to people. Um, I've, I've been through it homeless being at the BET awards and people like, well, you was homeless. You would have never known because I'm passionate and I'm, um, determined and when I say that I'm going to do something and I set my foot forward, that's exactly what I do. I always say, I, I'm, I'm cool over here being the turtle. I don't need to be the rabbit. There's no race in this. Yep. This is this is joy. This is passion that comes from my heart. And I have to remind a lot of people, you know, they're like, oh, Nicki Minaj and Cardi B. Man, shout out to those queens. Shout out to any queen that's in the uh, music industry. Um, making it and making a name for themselves. But we all have our ways of how we want to be in the industry. And I have to remind people like, man, with a thousand, a thousand fans, man, that's a nice little royalty check. They're not saying to stay there within that thousand of fans, but to continue to grow your fan base. But you'd be amazed by what your royalty checks would look like just with a thousand consistent fans buying your music, listening to your music um, and having the right marketing team. And that's where I'm at. I went through the different labels, (laughs) um, end up being manipulated or being on a label and I'm learning more than what the label's teaching and being frustrated about how to... How do you have us on your label and you're not teaching us anything? Mm-hmm. Um, how are we supposed to be a team if we're only a team if we're making sure money's in your pocket? I didn't believe in that. Um, I ended up leaving and starting my own label, first day of the West Coast Music Group. I have four artists, Witty, <clears throat> Gabrielle, Stewart, and Bryson, and Kiati. And I educate them on the music business. And I educate them how to be independent because you don't, today we don't need these major labels, even though my manager is behind a lot of them. Um, But if you have the right marketing and that's what I have with my manager, even though he's with um, Orchard, Sony, Universal and Empire, um, I have a good marketing strategy with them. So, you know, look out, you know, watch the Black Girl Magic song with Future and Rick Ross. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of good things in store. I don't want to say what's going to happen because I just I just want it to happen naturally. Um, but it's been a journey, you know, it's, it's definitely been a journey. I tell anybody that wants to be in it, it's not an overnight success. 
Um, don't get in this business and you don't do your homework. You're not educating yourself, meaning picking up books, meaning reading, going to seminars, um, asking questions. You, a lot of artists get into the industry thinking because they have a beautiful voice. Man, let me tell you, <laughs> I'm not hating. I was at the American Idol and I heard a whole bunch of beautiful voices that were being sent away. Yep. <laughs> um, it's not about that. It's about making sure you still do your homework and you know how to be able to operate in this business. And a lot of people don't know that. So like I said, I'm not here to, to misguide. If you really want to be in the music industry, you got to do your homework and be careful who you surround yourself with. Everything may sound nice, <laughs> but actions speak louder than words. Um, and even to the people that did me wrong, uh, try to take advantage of me. Shit, I, I even got told I wouldn't make it far because I wouldn't give up my real name. I'm like, what? <laughs> Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube. Right, Ice yeah, that, immediately you know I'm, I'm thinking like, of like so many people, yeah. <laughs> um, but you have those people that try to, you know, manipulate you and want that control. And, you know, if, if they can get to your mind, you know, you know, mind's a powerful thing. Yep. So I always let people know you got to be strong. Skin got to be thick. Yeah. So the words can just bounce off of it and you continue to strive forward with what you want and what you're trying to accomplish in the music industry. Um, and just be the best version of yourself. It sounds like a lot of those experiences taught you a lot of valuable lessons that extend to all corners of life, really. I mean, mm -hmm. learning how to not let other people have that power over you to plant those seeds of doubt. And if they do plant those seeds, to not water them, you know, to... Exactly. Uh, to tend to your garden. I like the, the metaphor that your mind is like a garden and you have to be careful what seeds are being planted and what you're watering, what you're feeding. Um, and, you know, absolutely like music, just like anything else. Like if you want to be a serious musician, well, it's a business um, and mm -hmm. you have to learn the business as well as be good at the music. And I noticed a lot of the stuff that you've been posting lately is like links to resources for people to understand, like, uh, even basic things like how to just manage money, or mm -hmm. how to find uh, the right resources online to start to build your brand and build your name. I mean, yeah, the idea that if you don't share your real name, you won't be successful. It's like, people just need a label, they need a name, it doesn't matter, like, you choose like uh -huh. what do you want that to be yeah. uh, you create the the identity the brand you know and it is a branding thing exactly right mm -hmm. i would say people would you go into walmart and say hey target and do a little video i'm in target <laughs> you know and people like that's that's walmart it looks awfully blue in there <laughs> you know it's like it's the same thing you can't do it yeah you, you gotta kind of respect it that's walmart that's target yep exactly and what would you say, so looking back on how far you've come, both in your, your music career and with the work that you're doing with the cannabis uh, side of things, and we haven't mentioned, but like your company, you have Herb of Life Cultivation, um, yes. one of the companies that you, that you work with, so I want to make sure to mention that. Um, what do you think are some of the biggest, um, and maybe we've already talked about them, but some of the the biggest core lessons that you've learned from your journey in this life so far? Man. I know that's a heavy one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually a good one. Um, you got to be careful who you trust, yeah. who you surround yourself with. Um, you have to always remember, if you're kicking it with five liars, what do you think you are? You're the sixth mm -hmm. liar. That's a good one, yeah. Um, you have to be, yeah, you got to be very aware of who you surround yourself with. Life is 
what you make it. So always remember the choices you're making today, good or bad, are going to have consequences to them. So choose the good. So you always have good consequences going coming your way. And even if you make the bad ones, understand the choices that you made that led to these bad consequences. But take the lesson mm. and move forward and learn from it. Um, and don't get don't get caught up in it. It's okay to cry. It's okay to scream. But please do not get content in that victim role. Or, oh my gosh, my life. Take it as a lesson and live your life to the fullest. And surround yourself with people that believe in you, love with love you, and want to see the best version of you. Um, I think I would say that's what life has taught me. Yeah. Um, and what I would have to share with anybody else because life life isn't easy. It's not going to be easy every day. One day you wake up, hey hey hey, <laughs> wake up, oh no 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 no, you know so. Um, you got to take the punches with it, but make sure you don't take those punches and allow that to be continue to abuse you. Get strong and know that you can conquer anything that comes your way. Um, there was times when I didn't think I could do it, but guess what? I am, and I'm here, and I I want you know people to know you you can do it. You can you can do anything you put your mind to. Um, but life, <laughs> it's not going to be always easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not always going to go to plan. But I think something that your story really highlights for people if they pay attention is, um, you know, it's not even necessarily about knowing where you're going either, um, but continuing to take those steps towards what uh, energizes you and what, you know, gives you that fulfillment and that passion. Um, and just like in you know, your situation where one day you're sitting there looking up at stars thinking like, wouldn't it be awesome, you know, if this happened? And then, mm -hmm. you know, you just keep moving forward, pursuing, you know, what you think is, is best for you. And then what do you know? All of a sudden, <laughs> you, right. it, it comes back around. Um, mm -hmm. Full circle. That's something that in my life I continue to be taught is that you don't have to know the path forward. It just have the confidence in taking the next step and, Amen. and eventually you get somewhere that'll, you know, it may not be what you conceived as like your perfect thing, but usually it's better. Um, because you, a lot of times we can't see, uh, the best versions of, of our lives until we're, until we're in it. Um, so it's just kind of a constant, constant pursuit. That's true. That's very true. To bring things back around a little bit because I, I wanted to ask you this question and, and almost forgot. Um, so you mentioned, you know, the strains that you have and uh, you mentioned a little bit of kind of um, their qualities. Um, but can you describe a little bit what are what what defines your strains? Do they have certain um, I mean, you mentioned the indica sativa thing, but do they also have certain smells, certain uh, certain other qualities? Um, can you can you describe a little bit about just um, yeah what what makes your strains unique when when someone presents something to you um, you know let's say like a new batch of um, of let's just go with like your your first one first lady of the west coast OG um, how do you when you look at that how do you know like oh yeah that's definitely you know uh, what I expect. Um. My magical breeder. <laughs> um, honestly, really, when he showed them to me, um, smoking them, um, mm -hmm. I was telling myself today, I need to sit down and build like this little chart of terpenes so that 
I can taste and I know what I'm tasting. I just don't know how to hit it spot on. Sure. Yeah. So that's where I'm like, mm, no, I want to be spot on with this. So I was like, I need to find out how to get all the terpenes, just that terpene and be able to, <laughs> and be able to taste it so, <laughs> so I can get a better, like getting my palate to understand it more because I love um, the, the taste. Yeah. I just can never get it to, but I know Black Girl Magic's pine. Mm -hmm. It's earthy and it's, because um, I have the um, testing on it. Yeah. So I have the 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 um, terpene uh, chart, and it's uh, what's the other one? I don't know the other one right now. First lady hasn't been tested yet, so I don't know exactly what her terpene profile is. But she's more of a mm, she's more of like a fruity. Mm, yeah. Okay. Tasting. And I would say black girls like that, like a little like musky, mm -hmm. like I don't give out my full genetics. So like I'll say, you know, black girl has a uh, gorilla flora. That's the only genetic I'll give out. I sure. know all the genetics that's in her. And that's, and that's a pretty um, vague one too. Cause yeah, gorilla yeah. so the wide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's more heavier, you know, you're smoking an indica. It's not harsh. It's very, I wouldn't say fruity, fruity, but it's, it has a good flavor to it. I like, I love it. Like I have some little nuggets of it right now that I pulled off and I'm just like, Oh, it's just the last of these little nuggets until, until the little harvest and there's done. Um, and I love the taste. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna have to send you some so you can, yeah, totally. <laughs> you yeah. can taste it. Um, and I definitely, I'm about to get some, pick up some for my breeders. So, um, yeah, I would say it's more like. I'm looking. I'm over here trying to taste it. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> thinking about it in your in your mind, like I can almost taste it now. Right, um, and it's like I can taste it. Like, how do I describe it? You know, right? Like, yeah. Um, uh, it's hard to describe, but it tastes good. It's a good smoke. I, I haven't had any complaints about it. Um, it smokes good. It's a good high indica. It, the black girl is indica, so it's going to be a, a more body mm -hmm. body high that you'll get from her. First lady would be more of like, hey, how you doing? Let's let's do something today. Let's oh, I'm just oh, let me oh, I got this idea, um, and I'm excited about that because you have two different things helping in two different areas. Well, a lot of different areas because once again, it goes back to what what does your DNA say, right? <laughs> and how it works with sativas and indicas, and that's why because I just um, partnered up with uh, Jenny Strand. They are a DNA test. Oh, nice. where they'll take your DNA and test it against cannabis and they'll show you at 12 o'clock, you need to eat a cookie or 12 o'clock, you need to smoke it. Oh, or 12 o'clock, you need to, yeah, it breaks it down how it literally works for your body. And I think that's just awesome. So then people can have a better understanding how cannabis works for them and their body. Yeah, I need to look into that. That sounds really, really interesting. Yeah, it's like I seen it. I was like, man, we need, people need to know how it works for them. You know, so... Somebody one day said, just try all these different things and see what works for you. I'm like, no, because that may not work for them. They may start freaking out or something. It may be too strong. You don't tell people to go out there and just start trying. Well, especially if you're dealing with like edibles or uh, concentrates or anything like that, there's not necessarily a wide uh, room for error. <laughs> and you, right, and you, don't, exactly. you don't want people to be turned off if they can get benefit, but just need to figure out the right dose and and mm -hmm. everything like that and uh another thing i was going to ask you i noticed these days you're um you're not just selling flour but you're also getting into extracts as well right yeah i'm getting into them um slowly but surely 
I've been just doing RS oil, yeah. making that in tinctures. Nice. Yeah. And how has how has that been as far as uh, the learning curve to all of that? Because um, it's I, I've done a little bit of some of that myself, and there's definitely kind of an art to it, as well as science. It's been good. Yeah, I like science. Bill Nye the science guy. Yeah. Well, I talk about maybe trying to brand myself as the Bill Nye of cannabis science. Uh, I think that would be pretty yeah, cool. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look it. I brought it up. That's that's the that's the universe talking to you. That's right. Yeah, we'll just go ahead and uh, stamp that right now. <laughs> okay, let me know if you need the jingle. Yep, there you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a good process. I like it. You know, you have to make sure you have the right temperature to decarbing your cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good. I actually have some testing of some like CBD that I've made, some CBG. I'm still waiting for the black girl magic testing to come back from the oils. But all the testings have been coming back like awesome. Like my breeder's like, man, that's that's really good. Whoever decarbed that cannabis did a great job. And I'm like, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, I made it. You know, like to me, this is my first time doing it. You know, especially with the magical butter, I used to do it, do it the old school way. So yeah, it's, it's way different ball game than how it was for us starting out. Because it's I would tell people like, man, back in the day, you can't come to my house if you had GPS on your phone. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's crazy how things have changed. <laughs> yeah. You can't take no pictures. You couldn't do nothing because I wasn't trying to get caught up. Yeah. Mm-mm. Well, and I don't know if I mentioned I'm originally from Mississippi. So a lot of my, oh, yeah. yeah, a lot of my uh, <laughs> early days with cannabis was, uh, it was a very uh, nerve wracking time. Um I, you know, had lots of friends that got busted with, you know, just pipes in their cars or whatever, simple things, because that's how the police like to get you is, well, in Mississippi, they really like to get you in your car. Um, getting you in your home is a little harder, but getting you to pull over during a sobriety test and saying, oh, we smell something weird, and then, <sighs> then that turns into... You know, having your car stripped out and you're sitting on the side of the road just wondering if you're about to go to jail or not. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, it sounds like you can relate to that experience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, them days. Whew. Yeah. If you weren't out there doing what we were doing, you don't understand. Abs- absolutely. And it's we're getting into a generation of folks now that really can't relate to that. Um, just things have changed so much over the past even five years, even in even in states where things are still very strict, I and mean, especially with hemp and CBD now, it's just it's just a different, totally different world. Um, and so a lot of kids these days really don't have the appreciation for uh, what folks went through not that long ago, uh, risking a lot um, right. just to just to interact with the plant a little bit and, you know, and, and have this, this relationship with it. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, when you mentioned you went to Atlanta, uh, my head just immediately started spinning about all of my, uh, uh, stories I have about the Southeast. Um, and, and like, like yourself, I, I made myself, uh, move to the West coast. I decided that'd be a little better. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, you know, that's and maybe that's an encouraging thing that things have changed that much that people are have trouble relating to to stories like that because I certainly want to see the, I mean, the war on drugs is just such a. Uh, I mean, it's 
it's the machine that feeds the incarceration system that that steals people's ability to vote to you know to get business loans all sorts of things um it's it's a it's a system that that needs to go it's been it was it was it never should have happened and right. the fact that it's still going on um is insane uh with how how much things have evolved i saw a, a statistic just earlier that said that even just last year there were more people that still got arrested for cannabis offenses than for all violent crime combined um it's like what right doesn't make sense no no i do have time for that but don't have time for that uh. yeah yeah <laughs> and especially yeah there's, there's so many angles there as far as how the war on drugs i mean it is very much uh disproportionately affecting people of color and poor people it's very much this construct that um i don't know it it keeps the the marginalized and disenfranchised it ensures that they stay that way um uh-huh. and there's something really really uh evil about that um yeah on on many many levels yep but they don't see it that way <laughs> oh no of course not because it, it makes money <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, as long as they making money yeah yeah exactly would you talk about willis that's what they would say <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> well and you know i want to i want to be conscious of our time i'm just now looking here and seeing that we've been going for you know almost an hour and a half or so i really appreciate you being willing to spend this much time talking to me um as we as we begin to wrap things up i always like to try to ensure that my guests have um kind of the the final platform here so as we begin to to kind of tie everything up um i guess let people know um how to follow some of your work how to learn about your companies how to find your music um i also wanted to ask you do you mind if i put a clip to one of your songs at the beginning of this episode yeah that's fine well, yeah, I think it'd be great for people to not only hear us talk, but also get some exposure to your music and 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 all of that as well. But yeah, let people know um, how to learn more about um, all of the work you're doing, how to follow you, and and really anything that's on your mind that you want to slip into the conversation. Um, I'm handing the platform over to you to do with as you will. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Well, once again, thank you so much uh, for the opportunity speaking with you, having an amazing conversation. And to the listeners out there that want to continue to follow on what I've been doing or what's going on or what's the next song coming out, you can follow me on Instagram at First Lady of the West Coast, F-I-R-S-T-L-D, yeah, L-A-D-Y of the West Coast, my bad, you guys. Um, it's going to be spelled differently because certain social medias don't allow me to just to be one ST. It has to be uh, the yeah. alphabet. So on Instagram, will be one S-T-L-L-A-D-Y of the West Coast. If you want to follow the Herbalife Cultivation on Instagram, it's Herbalife Cultivation LLC. If you're looking to check out my music, you can find me on all major music outlets, Spotify, Tidal, iTunes, Amazon, Whatever your favorite music outlet is, I promise you I'll be there. Just put First Lady of the West Coast in the search, and I will pop up. And I hope you guys enjoy what you guys hear. I hope you guys enjoy what you guys follow. Um, I'm all about just love, support, and educating us to be the best versions of ourselves. So if you're looking to follow that or just to stay updated on free giveaways, too, uh, 
please follow. And I want to thank you guys for your time, for just listening. Um, it really means a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. And it, and it means a lot to me too, that you're, you were willing to, you know, share what's, you know, a very personal story and, and something I, I wanted to comment on early on in case anyone got offended at me chuckling at some of the things that you talked about at the, at the beginning. It's, it's kind of an interesting thing when two people get together that have had similar life experiences and have been through some pretty hard stuff, uh, <laughs> especially early on. Sometimes we have a tendency to kind of laugh about it when we've gotten, you know, when we've evolved so much um, out of it. But I hope that anyone listening understands that that really comes from a place of empathy and love, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> when we, uh, you know, kind of chuckle some of those those things off. But I, I do very much appreciate you sharing such a, a really uh, deep and, and personal story with me. And absolutely, I need to, um, I need to get down to California, we need to make some music together. And uh, yes. do some cannabis stuff. Uh, have you make my uh, my Bill Nye the Science Guy theme song? And yes, I'm down. Just tell me when. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, and if you ever come across, uh, you know, if you ever see Snoop or Kid Cudi or anybody uh, in your in your circles, tell them to come on the podcast. When you when you mentioned, uh, <laughs> I can't remember what we were talking about, but you were saying like, uh, you know, sometimes you wake up and it's yes, 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 or other times it's no, no, no. Immediately in my yes. head, uh, the Kid Cudi uh, song started going in my head where they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's live sometimes. Um, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Shout out Kid Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks. Thanks so much. It was really great connecting with you. And I hope to, to stay in touch. And maybe down the road, we'll do another one of these someday. Yes, of course. I had a great time. And once again, thank you so much. Have a wonderful, incredible day today. And man, I'll see you on social media. Sounds awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be talking to you soon. Thanks so much and have a great rest of your day and rest of your week and weekend and all the time after that. <laughs> all the, thank you so much. Means a lot. You too. You guys have a blessed night. And have a great day. Awesome. All right, everybody. If you want to learn more about Curious About Cannabis, you can go to CACpodcast.com. Uh, or find us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Mostly active on Instagram. Stay curious and take it easy. Bye bye. If you want to learn more about cannabis, check out the Curious About Cannabis book on Amazon.com and other major online book retailers. To support the show and get access to an exclusive members-only podcast feed, access to private events, merchandise discounts, and more, visit www.patreon.com slash curious about cannabis.